Hello everyone, my name is Teresa Holmesy and you're listening to the special Earth Week podcast series. This is our second year series return. Last year we explored different types of sustainability, but this year we're focusing on civic engagement and collective action in relation to sustainability. I'm joined today by my colleague Eric Urbania. Um, Eric, to catch you up and our listeners on the podcast so far, I've spoken with Maddie Thomas from Central Civics. Together, we define civic engagement very broadly as a way for people to support their communities through electoral and non-electoral means. So this involves volunteering, writing representatives, organizing protests, and uh, we mainly emphasize the importance of voting in supporting environmental causes. And then in our previous episode, I spoke with Professor Troy Hicks. He's a faculty member in the education department and he does a lot of work with K through 12 schools integrating media literacy into their classrooms. So we talked about how important it is to consume, share, spread, create anything related to information. Um, We talked about the importance of having it be credible and fact-based. We also talked about the role of trust and skepticism in media consumption and how people can avoid sharing misinformation. So that was especially relevant to environmental issues like climate change and developing sustainable solutions. So with that introduction, Eric, um, could you introduce yourself to our listeners and explain the work that um, we do at CMU? Yeah, hi everyone. And thank you, Teresa, for the introduction. So my name is Eric Urbaniak and I work on Central Sustainability, which is CMU's Startup Office of Sustainability. Um, so I am majoring in biology and public and nonprofit administration, hoping to pursue a career in sustainable materials management and figuring out, like Teresa said, with waste and misinformation, how we can educate communities to better manage their materials and help fight climate change. Awesome. Do you want to elaborate a little bit more about um, central sustainability? Um, our viewers, if they've been tuned in so far, they don't realize um, that I am a, a co campus sustainability coordinator um, on this platform that we created. So could you explain a little bit of what um, central sustainability is and what that work looks like? Yeah, so in, I believe, spring of 2020, Teresa and I began working together to create a sustainability platform on campus because we were doing this national reporting for sustainability um, and basically noticed a bunch of institutional gaps. And so CMU was lacking an Office of Sustainability or Sustainability website and policies and programming that really puts universities a step ahead and helps to educate students on civic engagement and how to be um, more morally responsible and take care of their own health and the health of others. And so we came together and started a sustainability website and a blog and purchasing policy. And then from there, we began educating students in the community. So we made sustainability walking tours and a sustainability living guide. Um, And then today we're just trying to kind of bolster that platform. So we're securing funding for central sustainability and hiring more students. Um, just to try and tackle social, cultural, and environmental sustainability by bringing together operations, academics, and administration. Right, so we do a lot, um, and um, all those initiatives have kind of just come up pretty naturally, Um, but sustainability is a a key theme to what we do. Um, Given uh, that it's so important to us, um, I was hoping, Eric, you could sort of define it for our listeners. Yeah, so sustainability, like if you were to look it up online, it would say something about um, just just preservation or making sure you have the same amount of things in the future as you do right now. 
Um, but in regards to our career, sustainability really has like more of a, an environmental perspective. So like um, meeting the needs of tomorrow by changing our habits today. And that's kind of similar to the United Nations definition. And so by that, we mean we need enough resources in the future to sustain our lives, I guess. Um, the human population is obviously growing and we need to make sure we're not being wasteful and not hurting certain communities over others. And so that's essentially sustainability to us is ensuring that through building community, we can protect our environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's like a lot to it. Um, I think that um, I have asked this question to many people um, in our last podcast series, for example, um, I brought five different guest speakers and all I asked all of them to define it. Um, each of them came up with a different answer. And in my experience, everyone has something different to say when asked what sustainability means. Um, so in the frame of this podcast um, series, we're focusing on how sustainability is a means of action. Um, and civic engagement. So participating in a community, um, being involved, supporting causes, that sort of thing. Um, and so uh, with this action-oriented mindset, um, I invited you on to specifically help me answer this question that we get a lot. Um, what can we do and how can people get involved with sustainability at CMU? So I guess, um... One thing that's kind of interesting about that is so Teresa and I have been working with this other professor, Hope May. Um, she's in charge of the CMU Center for International Ethics. And we're speaking this Friday at the Peace Flag Raising at 1 p.m. Um, in front of Warner Hall, if anyone's interested. But basically, Hope May is um, trying to educate us about the, the duty to know and the duty to care. Um, and so that was kind of a discussion prompted um, by the conflicts going on in Ukraine. And so basically, everyone has a responsibility to know what's going on in the world and care about it. And so that's kind of our moral obligation. And, and even though we are privileged and we're in a place where we don't need to care about those things because resources are provided to us, we should be caring about those um, communities that are disenfranchised or in areas that are impoverished and, and affected by environmental contaminants and waste. And so I guess in terms of action, we the first step is to become educated and reach out and find resources. And so that's kind of where central sustainability has come into play. Um, and really, Teresa's done an amazing job to try and create more resources for the community. So I guess I think you should talk about the living guide and, and what you're doing to kind of enhance that education. Yeah, so um, thank you for flipping it around on me, Eric, um, and deflecting that question. Um, but like Eric is saying, um, you know, getting educated is probably the first step to um, getting involved. Um, and so uh, a huge part of getting educated is, is just simply understanding what sustainability is and what resources there are available to help people engage with it. And so um, we define sustainability really broadly so that people understand um, that regardless of their background, their personal interests, um, their perspective, they can uh, contribute to something greater than themselves. Um, whether you're someone who's interested in public health or um, journalism or um, biology, nonprofit administration, business, um, these are just random majors, um, obviously, but like if wherever you're coming from, um, you can help out and you can consider 
um, you can self-assess your own impacts, but also uh, be a part of a greater movement um, supporting environmental causes. Um, so our specific resources that we offer um, include a sustainable living guide that sort of introduces uh, students to all the campus resources, uh, gives them information about different infrastructure that CMU has. Um, and then we also uh, do a lot of educational things as well. Um, Eric had mentioned those walking tours. Um, those are a great experience to uh, understand how different places um, and locations connect to sustainability. Um, we take a group of people along with us and then we walk around campus and um, we help them think about things a little bit more deeply and consider their relationship and connections to um, broader issues. Um, so we're trying um, to create different um, educational resources and um, getting involved is a great first step. Eric, is there anything else that you think uh, people could do to get involved? Yeah, I think on campus, there's so many different resources, like um, several of the res halls have sustainability advocates and you can reach out to them and they can connect you with all of these resources. Um, the student government has a sustainability chair and they are in charge of some sustainability committees and projects. Um, and then the Residence Housing Association um, also as a sustainability chair. And that's another student who can connect all of the sustainability advocates and any other students with sustainability opportunities. And that's, that's just the stuff on campus. Um, but if you were to look even broader within like the Mount Pleasant area, um, there's the Saginaw Chippewa Indian tribe, like the Zeboing Center has so many cultural sustainability resources. And you can learn about the history of the area and how humans have impacted the area and the Saginaw Chippewa Indian tribe um, and how we can help to just bridge the gap between these two communities. And kind of similarly, you can always just like visit the farmer's market, go to downtown Mount Pleasant local businesses and, and just find ways to connect with the community. Um, because like a lot of sustainability really is hands-on. And so by going to those local businesses and just talking to people who work in the area, you're going to learn so much about sustainability and the history of the area and how we can really help become a part of that. So I'm hearing some like um, steps kind of materializing. One would be, um, you know, get educated. Um, two, I'm hearing, get involved. Uh, there's a lot of RSOs and different organizations that you can get involved with um, that do sustainability work. And then um, three, you know, is like developing those place-based connections, sort of finding yourself, um, your place in a community and then seeing um, ways in which you can engage. So um, supporting local businesses, the farmer's market, um, I know, a volunteer opportunities are also kind of a good way to get involved. Um, and so one thing that um, Eric and I do talk a lot about uh, through our work is uh, asking what, what is community um, and how do you, how you make communities? Um, this is the, the crux of our existence at CMU. Um, and Eric, uh, I know we've talked about this a lot privately, um, but Let's do some brainstorming here. How, how do we build communities? I, I think communities, um, I guess on a surface level, they rely on common interest. Um, like Teresa and I always say that we are a community because we have a common interest being sustainability and we work to help that. But um, on our walking tours, we've got several people like from the marching band say they are in a community in the marching band or um, from different RSOs saying that they are in a community with their RSOs or even their their res halls, they feel like they're in a community. But 
I think the hardest part is to figure out how to make that community bigger and make everyone say on campus or in Mount Pleasant feel like they're a part of a shared community where we all have an equally an equal responsibility to take care of the environment and the people around us. Um, so kind of the initial steps to doing that are just start bridging gaps between different populations. And, and so I think that's something that really cool that's been happening at CMU is like over the past year, a lot more RSOs have been working together to host events or different um, do different like environmental programming. So like there's two or three RSOs working together to do a campus cleanup this weekend. Um, and there's been a lot of RSOs working together to hold indoor events as well. And um, for instance, the, the um, GSA at CMU just brought in a bunch of like panelists from local churches to talk about social sustainability and faith and religion um, and sexuality. And so through events like this, where we are starting to build partnerships between different groups, I think we're kind of widening that community um, and making people more aware of the other efforts around them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think um, community building is just as much uh, team building as it is anything else. Um, it's like finding your people um, and then working, um, working together. So collaborating and just getting started on something. It's very difficult to like put into words because it seems so um, obvious, but also undefined at the same time. Um, Eric, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think I think what that really prompted is that I don't think people are aware that they can make a difference. And um, one thing we were just talking about last week is there's a bunch of people in every organization or every res hall that that know that they want to see a change on campus, um, but they don't know how to do that. And then they're also unaware that other people want to make that same change. Um, so once we can create like an environment where people feel that they can express that communication and their creative abilities and their wants and their needs, then other people will recognize that many people have the same wants and needs and then they can work together to start achieving those projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more often than not, people are on the same page um, and it's just a matter of getting them in the same room um, and communicating. Um, so Earth Week, um, let's bring it to there. Um, this is an opportunity to do that, um, and Eric had already been sort of talking about different events that we have planned for the week, um, but we also want to say that uh, for us, um, every day is Earth Day, um, but I wanted to ask you, Eric, if that's true, why do we celebrate it? What's the importance in commemorating events like Earth Day um, or Stop Food Waste Day or any of those types of days? Yeah, I think these sorts of events are a really good opportunity for to bring attention to the issues we care about like um although we wish that everyone cared about earth week and earth day and stop food waste day every day of the year these it's an opportunity to educate people and and make them begin caring about it every year and so that's why we're putting on a bunch of events at cmu with a bunch of different rso's and trying to figure out how to raise awareness for environmentalism and sustainability and civic engagement with the widest spread possible Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that generating excitement, which we hope translates into collective action. Um, so with that sort of focus on collective action, um, something I'd wanted to discuss with you is a caveat that I think we fall into with sustainability um, and many other issues quite frequently. We often um, focus a little bit too much on individual actions. 
Um, recycling comes to mind, um, waste reduction, um, like a hyper fixation on personal carbon footprints, um, those types of things, right? You know what I'm talking about. Um, so how do we make sure that sustainability is uh, happening on a broader scale? I, I think it all goes back to the education and the uh, holistic approach. Um, because like you said, a lot of people will like use a metal straw or use a reusable water bottle and say that they're living extremely sustainably, whereas that's not the case. Um, because every part of our lives can be more sustainable if we know how to approach that. Um, so for instance, like you could use the like plastic water bottle and the metal straw, but then if you're going hiking every day and hiking off trails, you might be destroying um, native plants and um, and trails and the wildlife that exist. That exists. But I guess I mean to make sustainability more holistic, it all goes back to the education piece, and so that's why so many different RSOs are approaching Earth Week from their own unique perspective. Mm -hmm. But see, even in your answer there, um, you still focused on individual actions, um, you know, doing, thinking about, it's, it, it's obviously important to assess what we could be doing um, better as individuals, um, but sometimes that's where the conversation stops. And so how do we make sure that we're not just focused on the action of individuals, but thinking um, how we can implement solutions on a uh, larger community scale as well. Well, I guess that all starts with making pe making sure people who are in need have the resources that they need. Um, you know, if someone needs money or housing or food, say like insecurity, then that needs to be addressed before they even have the time or money or energy to care about sustainability and live sustainably. Um, so I think I think that goes. I don't want to say it's it's like capitalistic, but in a way, I guess um, we need to make sure, you know, all the people who need support are getting that support, whether that's in Mount Pleasant or on campus or um, in all of our greater communities. So like, for instance, the CMU food pantry is addressing food insecurity. Um, as for housing insecurity, that's a difficult thing to address on campus where rent is so much or um, the fees to live in a res hall is so much. But I guess if, if we can kind of alleviate that burden, then we can work on um, collaborating to try and educate people about sustainability and live more sustainably as more of a collective unit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I do want to say that I don't think that that's capitalistic at all. I would say it's quite the opposite um, to be thinking as a, as a community. Um, and I do like that point there about making sure that people's needs are met so that they can participate um, in a more effective, larger scale. Um, so meeting people's needs is definitely important. Um, and I think that every single question um, that I've asked so far, it just comes back to community. It's just a circular um, kind of conversation there. Uh, if we wanna implement solutions, if we wanna make change, we gotta look to our institutions. Um, and here in Mount Pleasant as students, that institution is our university, um, which is where Eric and I kind of started with our work. It's thinking about how um, as opposed to just trying to make change one person's um, habits, uh, thinking about how we can improve uh, the university's infrastructure to facilitate um, all res halls or all on-campus students uh, to be uh, signed up and uh, routinely doing a specific behavior. Um, 
it's very difficult. Um, and there are a lot of challenges to doing that. Eric, would you say that we're sort of on track, that we're headed in a positive direction then? I, I think we're getting there. Um, over the past few years, it's it's been interesting to see like the ebb and flow of different RSOs and organizations. But as for sustainability and advocacy, I think those organizations are growing on campus, especially the ones with institutional support. Um, really, the hardest part right now is trying to engage students and make them care about that um, and figure out outreach and education and how to reach them in the best way possible. Because like, although the institution is supporting these things, um, for some reason, many student organizations are just like waning and losing participation. And maybe that's because of COVID or it goes back to the housing and financial insecurity. But um, we need to figure out how to reach all of these students on campus and, and build that infrastructure within the university to figure out how to touch everyone. So um, what would you like to see happen with sustainability um, at CMU and in the Mount Pleasant community? What's the goal? I think the goal is just to make everyone a bit more conscientious. Um, if, we're, if we're talking like tangible steps, I think um, hiring more student workers and maybe eventually staff and faculty workers to work more permanently on sustainability and ensuring that these initiatives like central sustainability don't fall apart. Um, within Mount Pleasant, there needs to be more collaboration in general. Um, we need to work more with the city government and the Saginaw Chippewa Indian tribe and bring more people together to facilitate like greater educational projects that um, make people aware of like environmental degradation and, and instability within communities and inequities. Um, but that all starts, that needs to start on a smaller scale. So more students need to become engaged and they need to have passion to be engaged. Like I, like we were talking about at the start of this podcast, um, you can integrate sustainability with any, like within any career path. And so once we establish those academic learning objectives and figure out how to teach sustainability within every single major, then in a couple of years from now, we'll start seeing that, that um, more greater community work and collaboration to, I guess, make sustainability a priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with kind of everything that you've said there. Um, something that I, I do want our listeners to know is that um, if there's a problem, if there's something that you think can be done better or could be improved, go for it. It's not as difficult as you might think. Like it starts with you recognizing a problem and then getting together with other people and addressing it um, yeah i think especially in a university i mean um it's it's a very constrained community or i guess um everyone everyone is stuck there i guess is what i'm trying to say in that um so if there's something you need to do the person who is going to authorize those actions or sign that policy is going to be pretty accessible and if you can um, just find the right, like, correct person or office to reach out to, then you can make things happen as long as you put the time and the effort in to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say if you have an idea for campus and you know some other people who are in support of that idea, definitely reach out to someone. And even if you don't know if they're the right person, they will connect you to the right person. Um, mm -hmm. Regarding sustainability, always feel free to reach out to Teresa and I, and we can figure out how to help you accomplish that goal. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, universities are a great place to do this because um, they're meant to be these living laboratories, right? Um, 
and they're supposed to be innovators. Um, we do see a lot of red tape here, um, but if you get a large enough group of people together and passionate about something, um, you can make change happen. Um, and when I say you, it's not a singular. Um, I don't think anything can be done alone. Um, that's what Eric was sort of saying there about finding the right person, um, asking for help, reaching out to people and um, getting together with people. And that's really the crux of um, sustainability and civic engagement. It's just bringing people together. Um, in our first episode of this, uh, this year's series, um, I spoke with Maddie and um, we talked about how Earth Day started um, in 1970 as this huge um, national movement. All these people got together and they started protesting um, in support of cleaner water, um, cleaner air, um, regulations that would protect the environment. Um, and it was through that, uh, through people coming together and making sure that their voices were heard, um, that's how we got the EPA established. Um, and that's how we passed all of these incredible uh, environmental protection laws um, that are still in place today. Um, and those laws aren't stagnant either. Um, they can be taken down, um, they can be weekends, and they can be strengthened. And it's just a matter of keeping people accountable as well. Um, so staying aware of what's happening with the media literacy portion there, knowing what's going on, making sure your information is accurate, right? Then holding people to it. Um, and that happens in numbers, power in numbers, right? Uh, so to make this conversation go from local CMU to global, um, thinking about the spirit of the original Earth Day, um, Eric, is there sort of anything that you'd like to add to that? I guess, um, no, I, I would just say to try and get involved on your Earth Day. Like, like even if you can't go to a full hour or two hour event, you can, you can always listen to this podcast or any of these recorded events at a later day to reach out to your student leaders or just, or just think of one action that you can do um, or one person you can talk with about Earth Day to try and make even if it's a minimal difference. And then if it was easy or if you enjoyed doing it, it's something you can keep doing in the future and you can keep building on those sorts of things and encouraging other people to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on that note, um, if there was one thing that you could ask our listeners to do, just one thing, um, Eric, what would it be? If you are a CMU student or Mount Pleasant community member, um, this week, just try to go to one Earth Week event. There are so many of them put on by so many organizations, but pick one that you're interested in trying to attend, and I guarantee you will learn something. Well, thank you, Eric. Um, those are all my questions. Um, is there anything you'd like to add before we um, conclude? No, I think this was a good conversation. Thank you for having me, and I hope everyone enjoys your Earth Week. Great, thanks. All right, on that note, every day is Earth Day, people. Have a great night.